Okay. So thank you everybody for tuning in again and coming in. A little delayed shior. Uh, we're continuing this week with uh, the topic of the Haftara. Last week we discussed the Kriyata Torah and the Haftara that comes after Kriyata Torah. And Frederic just joined us, so uh, hi, Frederic. We just be, we just began, so we started with the Haftara, the history of the Haftara, how it came to uh, the Minhag, how it how it came to be, where it came from, how it developed over time, how there were different cycles. Last week we spoke about the triennial cycle versus the annual cycle, how there were um, different theories as to why we we say the Haftara and whether or not the Haftarah is as ancient as Kriyat Torah itself. So what we're going to have to discuss tonight is a little bit further. I wanted to cover the remaining elements that are particular to Shabbat. So the Haftarah is particular to Shabbat because we typically don't have a Haftarah during the weekday. But we didn't finish the section of the Haftarah regarding the Brachot of the Haftarah. And we didn't finish the section regarding... Uh, the other parts of Knisat and Hotsa'at Sefer Torah, the, 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 the entering and removing of the Sefer Torah from the Aron Kodesh, which are particular to Shabbat. So, in this regard, I think we'll begin first with the, Ash, with the, uh, with the Brachot of the Haftarah, since that's where we left off last week. And we will then go on to all the other things which are uh, in addition to uh, the prayers of Shabbat. So, there are most of the brachot of the Haftarah, which are five in total, are already mentioned in Masechet Sofrim. Masechet Sofrim is a tractate developed in the Geonic era, in the time of the, the early Geonim, and it is not a tractate developed in the time of the Amoraim. And therefore, the date of its closure, composure, would likely be around the year five or six hundred. So, the source of Sofrim for the Brachot of the Haftarah is early, but it is not the earliest source. The earliest sources are most likely the Gemaran Psachim, Dav Kuf Yudzayin Amud Bet, and a Gemaran Shabbat, Dav Chavdalid Amud Aleph. So, the Gemara in Psachim, Dav Kuf Yudzayin Amud Bet, mentions that the closing, when we're speaking about a Bracha for the, for the Karen Yeshua, it says, and I'll read the language if I can. Let's see if I have it open. Kufyud Zion. Amud Bet. The Gemara says, Amar Rabba Bar Shilo, Ditzlotam Asmiach Kerin Yeshua, Daftarta Magen David. It brings a memra, it brings a saying from Rabba Bar Shilo that during the prayers we close the, the, the second or third blessing with Matzmiach Kerin Yeshua. But in the Haftarah, we close it with Magen David. Instead of, you know, we say Tishkom we say Etzemach David Avdechamerat Atzmiach in the Shemon Esrei. However, in the Haftarah, we say Magen David. We end with Magen David. That's the first Gemara. In the Gemara in Shabbat, Daf Chaf Dalit Amud Bet, the Gemara is mentioning the Brachot of the Haftarah. And in passing, it says that the that a blessing has to be said to mention the Shabbat. So from that, we learn the last bracha, which is Allah Torah Allah Vodah, which ends with Baruch Hashem Mekadesh HaShabbat. So those are the two earlier sources, at least, that testify 
that there were brachot for the Haftarah in the time of the Amoraim. Now, the exact number of brachot that existed in the time of the Amoraim is, is not certain. In Masechet Sofrim, it says that, we, that every maftir has to say seven brachot, meaning that the person who's getting the Haftarah, he gets seven brachot. He gets two from before and after Kriyat Torah, and then he gets five from his Haftarah. So by the time of Masechet Sofrim, every maftir was saying seven brachot in total. That we know uh, for sure. We don't know if that was the case in the time of the Amoraim, but uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll find some evidence of that. So now there are four different early nuschaot. When it comes to the early forms and the early versions of how these brachot look, there's typically about four versions. You have the Masechet Sofrim, the Seder of Amram, the Seder of Sadia Gaon, also Gaonic work, and then finally the Rambam. The Rambam was already in the, in the 11th century. The Rambam is probably mostly similar to the Seder of Amram, and all of them, all of the versions, including the Rambams, with the exception of Sofrim, have shorter versions of these brachot than most people are familiar with today. So I want to go through them, each one, the first, all the way to the fifth. We'll go through all the notes of, you know, how they, uh, how they developed and how they're similar and different, and we'll, we'll just get through all of them. So now it should be noted that the Sfaradi and the Ashkenaz versions today are virtually identical. Besides for like one or two words, the Sfaradi and Ashkenaz versions of the Brachot for the Haftarah today are mostly identical. But this wasn't always the case. Already, if you look back, starting from the time of the Gonim down to the time of the Rambam, and uh, from Spain and Ashkenaz, there was a a development over time for when these two versions homogenized and became one standard version. So one thing to note, just when you start reading the brachot, is how they have a longer form. Let's say we start with the first bracha. Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu melech alam asher bachar b'nevi'im tovim v'ratzah b'divrehem hanamarim ba'emet. Right? Who chose in his, in his good prophets and desired in their words which are spoken with truth, and then it has a chatima, a closing, Baruch Atah Hashem, HaBocher BaTorah Moshe Avdo V'Yisrael HaMob M'Nviyeh HaEmet V'Atzedek, who chose in his Torah, and in his servant Moshe, and in his nation Yisrael, and in his, uh, in his honest and righteous um, prophets. So, this is a much longer chatima than you typically see by Brachot. However, in the time... With brachot that were developed later than the time of the Tanaim, it isn't atypical to see brachot written within a more elaborate, long-form fashion. So this would be typical of brachot that were written at a later date. Now, another thing about this bracha is that it's practically identical in all versions. So whether it was the Geonic versions, whether it's the Ashkenaz, Faradi, almost all the versions have ne- nearly the identical wording for this bracha, which is a good indicator of its antiquity, that it was, you know, probably the original early uh, bracha before the haftarah. Now, it seems like, just from the language, asher bachar banu, or asher bachar b'nevi'im tovim, that it's trying to parallel the bracha, which was said, which is said before Kriyat HaTorah. The before Kriyat HaTorah, we say asher bachar banu mikol amim. So before the nevi'im, we say asher bachar b'nevi'im tovim v'ratza b'divrehem. And we end with Baruch HaTashem Bochebet Torah Moshe most likely to give primacy to the Torah, to show that the, that the Torah gets, uh, you know, 
uh, precedence over the Dividei Nevi'im, just to, it, it's most likely why it closes, and the, the Abu Dhabi points this out as well, that we close with HaBocher Torah of Moshe Avdo, even though we're about to read the Prophets, we mention the Torah to Moshe to show that that has superiority. Okay, now after this bracha, the Maftir reads from the Haftarah, and there are different minhagim as to what the Kahal does, and some Kehilot people quietly listen, and some Kehilot, like the Hasidim and Sfaradim people, will, will read along. However, after the Haftarah is read, the Maftir says the four closing brachot. And in, the Sfara, in most of the Minhagim, besides the Ashkenazim, after the Maftir is finished, he'll say a Pasuk. And the Pasuk that we have today is Go'aleinu Hashem Sevokot Shemo Kedosh Yisrael. Now it seems this is a fairly early Minhag. It appears in a lot of early Sidurim. Machsoroma, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, early, even Italian uh, Sidurim. And according to uh, various people I spoke to, it seems that there would, um, or sorry, that, that I read, um, it would seem that some communities said more, like Beit Yaakov L'chuven Elcha, they said more than just Galdeinu Hashem Tzavakot Shemo Yisrael. So Chamavad Yenabiyah Omer in Yalkut Yosef, he assumes that the whole reason this was added was to end with Divrei Nechama. And I couldn't find this source in the Rishonim, I have to, maybe I have to find the Abiyah Omer and look it up myself. But he assumes that the reason for this is that they, they ended, that the Maftir, even if the Haftarah was going to end with, with a solemn note, it should end with words of Nechama. And therefore we end with that Hashem is our Redeemer for that purpose. And there's no Isur, there's no Hefseik there, because these are also words of Nevi'im. This is the words of Yeshaya in Perak, uh, I think it's Memzayin. Therefore, uh, this has had halachic status for a long time. After, um, after the, the Maftir says, Hashem Yisrael, at least among the Sfaradim, right, we say the second bracha. And this second bracha is interesting because it has somewhat of a history. If you look in the Nusach printed today, we'll have Baruch Atah Hashem, and in many Sidurim this is how it appears. Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melcham Tzurkal Amim, the rock of the eternal rock. Tzadik B'chol Adorot Hakela Neeman Omer Ve'Oseh, the trustworthy God who says and does, Medaberim Kaim, who speaks and fulfills. Shekol Dvarav Emet V'Tzedek, that all His words are truthworthy, are are true and righteous. And then in many Sidurim, especially the Ashkenaz ones, there's a break in paragraph, and it says Neeman Atu Hashem Neeman Atahu who Hashem Elokeinu trustworthy is, uh, or faithful, is our God. Your words are so uh, faithful that nothing you ever said would ever, uh, uh, would ever come back empty. This is uh, very similar to the to the older versions of this, even already in, in Seder Vamram. It's maybe a little shorter, but it's basically the exact same version of this. Bless you, Hashem, who is faithful in all of His words. So what's interesting here is that there's a break. Even though it's one long bracha, there's a break in the Sidur by Naaman Atahu Hashem Alokenu. Now why is that? So Tosafot in Psachim, Dav Kutalit Amabet, also testifies to this. Already in the time of the Balei Tosafot, they had a break in the Sidur within the bracha. They would break the bracha into two pieces, even though it was one bracha. So Tosafot cites Mesechet Sofrim, and in Mesechet Sofrim it says that there was a minhag in Eretz Yisrael that and this is really ancient, uh, probably pre-Gonic, that 
or, or the early the early Geonim, that while the, the Mafir was saying this bracha, he would stop by Emet Vitzedek, the entire Kahal would stand up, and they would say, and then the Maftir would, would repeat, and he would close the bracha. In Bavel, they did the same thing, but they did it while sitting down. Eventually, this minhag vanished, and it no longer remained the, the minhag. However, because originally that was the minhag, the Sidurim and manuscripts um, split the bracha into two parts. So that's what the Bali Tosavot say. This is corroborated in many places. And that is why it seems like it's two brachot when it's actually uh, one. So it's interesting, if you look at the structure of the brachot, that it would seem like, typically with tefillah, at least the, the Sefer HaChinuch mentions, that we have this process with tefillah, where you begin with shvach, and then you go to bakasha, and then you close with hoda'ah. So it would seem from the first and second from the from the uh, first and second bracha that the first sorry, well I shouldn't say first and second second and third really after the haftarah that these brachot parallel the same uh, what's the word the same structure which is that the first bracha that comes after the haftarah begins with a shvach this entire bracha is tzur kol alamim tzadik b'chol adorot. This, this bracha is purely a shvach. The next bracha that we're about to discuss, the third and the fourth bracha, are the middle ones. Those are a bakasha for the gula, and the last one is a hoda'ah. This was already noted um, by a couple of researchers, so much so that they believe that it's possible, uh, based on, on the content of these blessings, that perhaps there was once a time when these were the main blessings of the day, that these were what was said for, for Shmona Esrei. I'm not sure that I believe that at all, but uh, that's, that's a theory they put forward. Okay, so let's get to this third bracha. We got to the first one. The first one is Shvach, praising Hashem and how trustworthy uh, His words are. It's funny, when I saw this, when I was reading this bracha, it occurred to me how we say an entire bracha, speaking how truthful the words of the Nevi'im were, that, that the prophets spoke and their prophecies, you know, and their prophecies uh, came to be. It's really something that today fewer people relate to, but in the a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, the words of the Nevi'im had massive power over, you know, even governments, even kings and queens, uh, would shake from the words of the Nevi'im. And uh, whether, even pre-Christian times, there were many uh, monarchs who took took it very seriously what the Nev- the, the Nevi'ei Israel would say, and. Today we don't really, you know, understand that concept, but this really did have an effect on many, many, many regimes. And so even till recent times, you know, the in Eretz Yisrael, there were there were leaders who, who made decisions based on on words in the Nevi'im. If you and it, and it reminded me of how it's a two and a half thousand years since, for example, Yeshaya Hanavi lived. And if you go down First Avenue in Manhattan, you pass the United Nations, they have that, what do they call it, Isaiah's Wall. They have a wall facing the, the United Nations with the Pasuk from Yeshaya. Uh, I think it's, uh, I don't remember the language from Yeshaya right now, uh, about how in the future, the, you know, no one, that Harvehim um, Kitetu, right, that the people are going to bash their, their swords. 
and how the nations they will no longer teach war. It just occurred to me how powerful the words in the Nevi'eh Israel were over the past two and a half thousand years that although we might not want to admit it, but for the past two and a half thousand years, the, the words of the Nevi'eh Israel have had a tremendous effect on global politics. Uh, just on the, on the simple faith of both you know, Jewish, Christian, pre-Christian kings that the Nevi'eh Israel uh, had real merit to what they were saying. It's just something that occurred to, to me personally. So now the next bracha is Rachem al Tzion kihi Here we have a bakasha. Have mercy on Tzion, for it is the house of our life. La luvat nefesh toshia b'mehebi and to the miserable souls shall you give a refuge. Soon in our days, beruchat Hashem esameach Tzion b'vanei. Blessed are you, Hashem, who is um, uh, who will gladden Tzion by by the return of her children. So now, originally, at least in Masechet Sofrim, this began with Nachem al not Rachem. But by the time of the Seder of Amram, a few hundred years later, it was already changed to Rachem for some reason. We don't have any, even in the Seder of Sadia, we already have Rachem Hashem al I'm, sh- I'm not sure why that's the case, but I've heard, and I haven't investigated this yet, but that, that, that was the opposite happened with Nachem by, by, by Tisha B'Av. I have to just look into that to see if it's true. Now, both of them, both Rav Amram Gaon and Rav Sadia Gaon, their bracha doesn't end with Mesameach Tzion Bivanea. It ends with Boneu Shalayim. And the, uh, I think one of the versions of Mesechet Sofrim ends with Menachem Tzion Bivanea. However, somehow, even though all of the three early versions had this like that, even though the, the, the Rambam has Boneu Shalayim, if I'm remembering correctly, for some reason, an alternate Nusach, Mesameach Tzion Bivanea, is what took hold and became the universal closing, both by the Ashkenazim and by the Svaradim. I don't know exactly how that happened, but we have testimony to this in all of the, you know, Maksarvitri and in the Rokeach. This is, this is the language which became, uh, and Abu Dirham, this is, this is the language which became the closing by both uh, Minhagim. Let me just look at it here. Right, yeah. By both Minhagim. So what's interesting about that is that closing with Boneu Shalayim gives us a hint that perhaps this bracha parallels Tishkon Betoch Yushalayim in Shemona Esrei, which also ends with Bonei Yushalayim. And if you look at the next bracha, we are, we gain some more uh, fuel for this suspicion. Because the fourth bracha, as we have it now, is Samachinu Hashem Elokeinu Be'eliyahu Hanavi Avdecha, right? Please gladden us with the arrival of Eliyahu Hanavi, your servant. Umalchut Beit David, and this is a bracha about David HaMelech, right? About the, the, the kingship of, of David. The Meheraya Libenu should speedily um, come and, and bring joy to our hearts. Al Kisolo Shevzard shall no one, shall no foreigner ever sit on his throne. No one else should inherit his glory. Because in your holy name you swore to David that his light will never be darkened. Blessed are you, Hashem the shield of David. So the Gemara already testifies to this closing, right? Baruch Hashem Magen David. What is not realized by everyone who uses the modern Nusach is that originally this bracha was et tzemach David, et tzemach David It had the exact same Nusach as we have in the Shemon Esrei. I'll just read it straight from the Seder of Amram. He says, let me just read it here. La, 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 la. I'm going to find it fast enough. I can. 
So the entire introduction isn't the Samachinu Hashem Elokeinu, the long version that we have. Seder Ramram has as simply Esemach David. So it sounds like that originally these two brachot, one of them paralleled Tishkom and ended with Bonei Yishlaim, the other one paralleled Esemach David, but had a different eulogy, it had a different closing. What's funny though, is that in Mesechet Sofrim, it has our introduction, Samachinu Hashem Elokeinu then it has a closing with a pasuk from Yirmiyahu Hanavi. Um, if I'm remembering correctly which pasuk it is in, let's see. It's the pasuk B'yamav Tivashea Hashem, Tivashea Yehuda Yisrael Yishkon Lavetach V'zeh Shemua Shekiru Hashem Sidkenu. But then in Mesechet Sofrim it closes, Baruchat Hashem Atzmiach Keren Yeshua Le'amo Yisrael. So in Mesechet Sofrim instead of ending with Magen David, it ends with the, the closing of Etzemach David from Shemona Esrei. And in Seder Ramram, it begins with that Semach David from Shmona Esrei. So apparently, some point after the time of the Seder Ramram, there became a hybrid version. That in that they kept the closing Magen David, which is as the Gemara Psachim testifies, we have to close this bracha with Magen David. But the the opening, they didn't want to make it identical. That it starts at Semach David just like it was in Shmona Esrei. So they took the introduction from Sofrim, and they took the the Chatima from. Uh, from the Bavli, and they homogenize them, and they have one happy medium, which is, begins with Samachenu, and ends with Magen David. But it seems that a long, long time ago, this bracha was basically a copy and paste from Etzemach David Avdechameret whether it was in the Chatima, which ended Baruch HaTashem Atzmiach Keren Yeshua, or if it was in the beginning, which just began with Etzemach David Avdechameret Atzmiach. And we see the same beginning, a very similar beginning in the Seder of Sadia as well. So it's fascinating that that this verge, version, sometimes, somewhen, was hybridized somewhere between the time of Rav Amram Gaon and the early Rishonim. Okay. Um, this version, also this uh, Sefer, this, this adding, this Pasuk of Tivasha uh, that this Mesechet Sofrim adds, of Tivasha, Biyamav Tivasha Yehudavi Yisrael Yishkon Lavetach, the only Nusach which ever kept that was the Roman, Romaniot Nusach, which was of the Greek Jews, and unfortunately the Greek Jews are extinct thanks to the Holocaust, so nobody uh, really says that Nusach anymore today. The fifth bracha is the last one we'll discuss, which is Allah Torah, Al Avodah, Al Nevi'im, Al Yom Hashabbat Hazeh, Shenatata Lanu Hashem Elokeinu, Liktushav, Limnuchav, Lechavod, Velitiferet. So this bracha is basically a Hoda'ah, right? Allah Kol Hashem Elokeinu, Anachnu Modim Lach. We are thanking you for the Torah and the Avodah and the Nevi'im. Umivarachim Otach. And we bless you. Yitbarach Shimcha Befi Kolchai Tamid Olam Va'ed. Your name shall be blessed in, in the mouths of all living things forever. This is almost a me'en ha like a, like a topic of the day that the Gemara in Shabbat, uh, what's the word, uh, authorizes, that we, sorry, um, mentions that we have to say, mention the day. In the early Sidurim, though, this, what we didn't, they did not have this long version of, of Allah Torah Allah Voda. It was in the later versions, post the Geonim, where we find this. But if you look in Seder of Amram, and if you look in um, Seder of Sadiagon, you find the, a different version of, I think it was called Hanach Lanu Avinu. Hanach Lanu Avinu is really interesting because that's the bracha for, we didn't learn this yet, but in Anmincha of Shabbat, uh, the bracha that we say today is Atachad Vishimcha Achad. However, in the olden times, they said Hanach Lanu Avinu. Uh, let me just read the language uh, inside. So, 
they, they borrowed the bracha from the Mincha of Shabbat, the Mincha Shmonasri of Shabbat, and then they would close it, Baruchat HaAkim, Mekadesh HaShabbat. And if there was Rosh Chodesh, Mekadesh, uh, you know, Shabbat Rosh Chodesh, or Yisrael V'Hazamanim, there was, here, where do you have it here? Mekadesh HaShabbat V'Yisrael V'Hazamanim, if it was, if it, if it was a holiday. So, somehow, that became the dominant Nusach, but the important part is that it has to mention the day. Okay. Let us continue. Okay, okay, okay. Let's continue with the other parts that make... Okay, so this is not even, even a continuation. Let's break here. We finished discussing the Brachot of Aftara. We could see that there was an early... To summarize, we could see that there was an early uh, form of these Brachot of the Aftara from the early Gonic era. By the time of the early Rishonim, they're uh, standardized, a hybrid version, which became the text which both the Ashkenazim and the Sfaradim use today. That's to summarize exactly what happened with those brachot. Now, when it comes to the particulars of Shabbat, Shabbat has a Kenisan Yitziah of the Torah, which is mostly similar to the weekday. However, um, there are some editions in the Ashkenazi and the Sfaradi Sidurim which warrant some mention. So the Ashkenazi Sidurim probably have a little bit more than the Sfaradi Sidurim. And I'm just going to pull out the Ashkenazi Sidur here. So we mentioned before, we gave a whole shear on this. I think it was shear number, let me see, shear number 99 and shear number 100. We have two, two shearim on this, so I don't really want to rehash the whole thing. But it, there was a minhag since the time of Mesechet Sofrim that when they take out the Sefer Torah, it would be accompanied by many pesukim and many different little small prayers. Eventually, uh, different communities adopted different preferences for which pesukim to say and which prayers to say by the Haknasani Yitziah. So among the Ashkenazim, they were much more selective by the weekday because of Terchad Yitziburah. But on Shabbat, they added a couple. So on Shabbat, you have Ein Kamocha Belokim Hashem, Ein Kamasecha, the Sfaradim also say that, Avrachamim Mativa Bisonchat Zion, Tibnechomod Yushalayim. Then they, they continue with Vahibin Soav Aaron, Vayomer Moshe, just like they do in the weekday. Then, I'm going to just use Ashkenaz Sidur here because it has more than the, than the Sfaradi. Birich Shemei de Merei Alma, right? The, the Ashkenazim also say Birich Shemei today, which is funny. We've we, we spoken about that before, that that's a Kabbalistic insertion which comes from the Zohar. And there are some, some opinions hold that the Shachrit of Shabbat, the Moroccans hold the Shachrit of Shabbat is the most important Brich Shimei. The Chida holds that the Mincha of Shabbat is the most important Brich Shimei. Whatever it is, the Ashkenazim again rep- repeat Brich Shimei, which comes from the Zohar. And then, Shema Yisrael Shem Kenesh The Chazan calls out and says, Shema Yisrael Shem Kenesh This also comes from Sofrim. Then he says, Echadu Alokeinu Gadol Neinu Kadosh Shemo. And then he finally says, Gadul Hashem Itinu Ramash Moyachtav, which is what the Ashkenazim do during the weekday. Now they they finish here with Al Hakol Itkadal Vitkadash Vishtabach Vitbarit Tumam and Asevi Shemosh Melech Malchem Malchem Kadosh Baruch Hu. This is a fascinating uh, tefillah, uh, also pretty early tefillah, which parallels the language of Kadish. It's the only place it's ever used, and the Sfaradim, most Sfaradim don't say this, but this is an, is a very interesting. The the Gra actually brings this when it comes to interpreting the Kaddish, where it says, Kirtzonobe, Kirtzon Yireyav, Kirtzon Kolbet Yisrael, to interpret the words of the Kaddish properly, you just have to look at the Hebrew about how the Hebrew is translated here. And then there's embellishments, a whole tefillah here to end uh, the, the, the Yitziah of the Sefer Torah. 
Now, after that, there is a small thing in the Ashkenazi dream, Avarachamim Huirachem Amamusim. Now, this already appears in the early Ashkenazic works, and I didn't have time to track more than one source for this, but I saw one researcher claim that the reason Avarachamim was instituted was post-Crusades, that after the Crusades, this was written to remember the martyrs and to remember uh, all the Askanim who did, you know, uh, who did wonders for their community during these terribly difficult times. So it says, He should save our souls from, from the desperate times. So I don't know if there's actual hardened proof that that corresponds directly to the Crusades. I didn't have time to find it. But uh, this is, it is definitely as early as the 12th century at the latest. So Avrahamim is also very early, but it's mostly said by Shabbat. Now, after the Haftarah, what do we add here? We have Yikum Purkan. So, hmm, is that the only thing? Not really. What are we going to get to in the Ashkenaz one? Okay, so let's start with Yikum Purkan. Yikum Purkan is an Aramaic prayer which goes all the way back to the Geonic time because it is Aramaic. And it comes from a time when prayers were said in Aramaic. So it's first mentioned by the Mordechai and by the Rokeach, and then you have it also in the Be'iri mentions it in Erevin. Many Rishonim mention this tefillah. The Ochot Chaim mentions it in Kufmem Gimel, a page Kufmem Gimel. And the gist of it, according to the Me'iri, is that in the time of the Geonim, there was a structure where there was a Reish Kilutan, there was a Nasi, there was a president of the community, there was a Reish Kilutan, there was a Gaon. And so in order to honor the Nasi or the president of the community, who typically would also give a Durasha, they would say this Tefilavi, Kumpurkan. And it's funny that already by the time of the Rokeach, this is, you know, the 12th century, the Rokeach actually has an entire translation of Yikumpurkan. So it's clear that, although this is not, you know, the Svaradim don't say it, because obviously there were communities who didn't say it because this, the, entire, the entire purpose of it fell, fell to the wayside. We don't have a Reish Kluta, we don't have a Nasi. So many communities from North Africa, especially if they weren't under the power or the influence of the Geonim, just didn't say it. But the Ashkenazim kept saying it, even though they weren't under the direct influence of the Babliim. And he has a translation in Hebrew. It's very interesting. He says, Shall, shall uh, salvation stand from the heavens? Uh, it shouldn't end, which should not be uh, nullified from the words of the Torah. You can see how old this is. For our fellow scholars, and our holy uh, uh, colleagues, whether they're in Eretz Yisrael, whether they're here in Bavel, to the head of the the both to the you know the Reish Kala and the Reish Galuta, and to the Gaon. So you have the president, the Reish Kala, Reish Galuta, which is the Reish Galuta, and the Reish Mitivta, which is the the the, the Gaon himself, and for all the the Dayanim uh, of the Shar of the different cities. So already. This is very contemporaneous if you were living in, in uh, Iraq in the, the 700s and the 800s. But today, really, it's, it's funny that we still, that Ashkenazim still say it. It sounds like you're, it, it's literally a prayer designed, developed, and said 
uh, in, in the vernacular by people in the 700s and the 800s. For all their students and their students' students. For all those who are Osek in the Torah. That Hashem should bless them and He should be marbed their lives. He should give them extra, you know, days to their life and He should give them more years to their life. And they should be saved and rescued from all evil. And from all uh, bad, uh, bad, bad happenings, Marana di bishmaya yehebis adon calls mavidan. Should Hashem be within their help at all times and and every time and and, and circumstance. And then there's a second one, for yikum perkan bishmaya, for the kol ki lavakadisha hadem v'ravivayim ziira. And then the same nusach basically, which blesses the community directly. So the second yikum perkan is basically the same thing. So the minhag became in some places. That a yachid, a person who's davening by himself, would not say yukumperkan at all, because the whole point of yukumperkan is if you're within the structure, if you're within the structure of a synagogue, which is part of a larger hierarchical system of a, you know, like a Jewish government, which has all these people to praise, then you say this prayer. But if you're davening at home alone, why would you say, uh, you know, this prayer for the reish galuta? They're not present. It's only the kavod of the nasi. Why would you say such a prayer if they're not present? Some people would, would if they were davening alone. They would say the second half of Yukum Purkan, where it blessed their community and their fellow communities, instead of saying the first part, which was more directly to be in the presence of the Nasi. Um, next, we have a Misha Berach. There's different Misha Berachs, similar, somewhat embellished. Now, these also go back to the time of the Rishonim. They're mentioned by the Ochot Chaim. All of these tefilot, he says, every min, every place can do like their minhag, and uh, the Sidurim preserved many of these minhagim. And so this... Um, so many communities loved this minhag of saying a Mishibarach, which was in Hebrew, for the community. There was one exception, which was the Sefer team Rabbi Hudami Barcelona. He held that we should not say a Mishibirach or Yikum Purkan on Shabbat because it's asking Bakashot. And we're not supposed to ask Bakashot on Shabbat, and therefore he discouraged saying Yikum Purkan or a Mishibirach on Shabbat. So that was his opinion. The Sfaradim, again, will say Mishibirach, we won't say Yikum Purkan. And that's basically how that developed. One last thing we should discuss is Hanoten Teshua. This is, let me see if I can find it in the Ashkenaz one. Uh, okay, this one doesn't seem to like governments. Let's, okay. So let me pull out my other one. I have this other Ashkenaz Sidur. Hanoi Sein Shua, the Malachim, I believe. I forgot what the language is because I don't really say it. Here we go. This is a blessing for the government. And for political reasons, uh, this was really important. And uh, it was very important that this would be put both into the Sidur and for, censor, for the sake of the censors. And also for the community at large, for their safety, it was very important to mention, you know, while we're taking out the Torah, to, to have a section where we praise the government and the king. Um, Ismar Elbogen points out that already in the time of Philo, uh, there was mentionings that the Jewish people, during their, their liturgy, would say a blessing or a prayer for the government. So we know that already, you know, 2,000 years ago, there, were, uh, there was a section of the liturgy devoted towards saying a blessing for the king, whether it was Nebuchadnezzar, Balshatzar at the time, you know, it's a, a very a very old practice. This Nusach of Hanotein Teshua 
became the standard Nusach in most of the Ashkenazi Sidurim. I did not have time to, to find out how many Sfaradi Sidurim do or do not have it. My apologies, I'm sure. I mean, let me look at this one quickly if they have any. Let's see. Oh, yeah, this, this one does. The, the art scroll one does contain it. Interesting. Okay, let me just see. It also brings the Pasuk in Yeshaya. Also brings Yermiyah. Okay, very beautiful. And the, the interesting thing is that if you look here in this Sidur, I just wanted to mention, this is the Sidur of Ozar HaTefilot, printed in uh, Europe. I think it was in the 18, late 1800s. They deliberately wrote the name of the king in Russia at the time. So, like, they're printing a Sidor and they, you know, they're printing a praise for the government. So, here, if you, it's, it's really interesting just to see it spelled out so clearly. It says, uh, right, the Tsar, Nikolai Alexandrovich, in Imo with his mother, with his mother, the Tsar, the Honorable Maria. Uh, Federawana, I don't know, my, my, my uh, you know, my, my Russian's not that good. Benoyoresh Ha'etzer and his son, who's going to inherit the crown, Alexei uh, Nikolaevitz. You know, the Alexei, the, the son of Nikolai. Which is really interesting. I don't think any of those kings uh, survived. I think they're, they were all, I don't, my history's not that good. I think the Bolsheviks killed them, but um, they didn't really get the Orech Yamim, which uh, the Jews prayed for for them. So, uh, yeah, those, those regimes were definitely toppled. But that is the uh, the Hanoten Teshuah. Hanoten Teshuah is also very early. The idea of saying a prayer for the government is really early, and it was important that it stayed in the Sidurim, even if the even if people would say it, you know, with uh, their, you know, with a with a grimace, they would still say it in the shul for political purposes, and it retained an important place in the Sidur for a long time. So I hope I didn't leave anything out. Uh, there are a couple of minhagim that per community are particular to the Shabbat. Uh, uh, so if, if I forgot anything, somebody please call me out and try to remind me as to what I forgot. And Bezat Hashem, next week we'll uh, we'll continue further with uh, the you know the 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 for Torah, and then with the Musaf, the introduction for the Musaf of the Shabbat. So thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll continue Bezat Hashem next week.